Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so excited to let you know that our brand new book, Simple Money, Rich Life, is finally out. Yes, and if you enjoy the podcast, we think you're gonna love it. And if you like hearing our friendly voices, then you should grab the audio book on Audible. And if you don't, then just grab the paperback, grab the Kindle. (laughs) And if you do grab a copy, we want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram or send us an email and let us know what you think. Yeah. And again, the name is Simple Money Rich Life, and you can grab your copy anywhere books are sold. Anywhere. Pretty much any place that sells books, they (laughs) should have it. All right. Well, today we have something a little bit special for you. One of the bonuses that we offered anyone who pre-ordered our book, Simple Money, Rich Life, was able to attend an exclusive AMA thing with Linda and I, where we went behind the scenes with the book creation process, some of the challenges and obstacles we overcame, how we landed on the title, like how all these pieces kind of came together, uh, a lot of what we learned in the process. And then we ended up answering a whole bunch of questions for people who are live on that as well. And a lot of good stuff came out for it. So anybody who's curious about uh, a lot of our story, I mean, we got into a lot of personal stuff that we've been through over the years and things that God has done in our lives. And so we just go a lot of different directions in this session. And it's super long. It's like an hour and 40 minutes long. So if you're on a road trip and you want to get to know Linda and I more and find out more about the backstory of the book, this will be perfect for you. So with that, let's drop in. Well... I'm really glad you guys could all come and hang out tonight. We, yeah, thanks for being yeah. here. So we just want to spend a little time talking a little bit about some of the things in the, some of the books, some of the backstory, some of the cool stuff that God did with it and how it came to pass and mm-hmm. some of the challenges and uh, really any other questions that you guys have, we're excited to chat about. But I will say this about the book. We've just been really humbled because you spend the first three years or for us, it was about three years from when we started this. It was early 2019. When I first, anybody who knows author named uh, Jeff Goins, he lives in town here and he's become a friend over the years. And, and I met him at Chipotle and I said, Hey, Jeff, I'm thinking about writing a book because <laughs> we had just come back from our sabbatical in February. And I said, I'm thinking about writing a book. Um, what do you think? You know, cause he had written a handful at that point. And, and then, so we started talking through the idea a little bit and that was kind of when the whole thing started. And then from there, I began working on the book proposal and that took a long time. But anyway, the point of all this is you spend, or we spent three years just kind of going through this. And the entire time, the only feedback that we were getting was stuff like, yeah, that paragraph's well, no it was, good. It was a refine. It was refining feedback, yeah. right? I mean, that paragraph that has to be cut. That's no good. This chapter is no good. Yeah, that that shouldn't be a How semicolon. This way that should instead. be a comma. Yeah. You know, so so that's the extent of the feedback. And then it's so fun getting out into the world and having real people who you know, aren't nitpicking about commas and semicolons, but actually seeing the meat and the value of it. Yeah. And that's the editor's job. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they did that. But I'm just saying it's really nice hearing real people, hearing their stories of how the book is affecting them. And yeah. so that's been really fun and enjoyable for us. Yeah. So I want to, there's a couple of different things I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about here 
before we kind of, well, we're going to do a couple of giveaways too. Is everybody okay with that? If we give some stuff away, are we cool with that? Oh yeah. So I think we're going to give away a couple signed copies. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't have Randy a signed says copy, no, he doesn't want anything. <laughs> he doesn't want anything. <laughs> and I think we're also going to give away uh, a gift card for a real money course. And so for those of you who aren't in our real money, haven't been through that yet, that'd be a great thing to give to someone else. And if you haven't, I recommend it. It's, it's a great course. It's really, yeah, it's our best selling one by far. Oh, so I wanted to, because I'm viewing this just kind of a little bit of the celebration. And since, I don't know, I feel like we are connected here. I want to just read off a couple of my favorite reviews. Or is everybody okay with this? Because I just feel like some people have said some really interesting things that I've been like, whoa, that's really crazy. So, so anyways, I want to read a couple of these to you real quick. So I'm just going to read over three of these. So this first one is from, this is written by a financial advisor. Okay. And this was really interesting to me because I didn't, we didn't write this book for financial advisors, you know? And so anyway, I'll just read it. So he goes on to say, he said, what a great book. It's well-written, focused to the point. I found it to be wonderfully practical and full of biblical wisdom. Bob and Linda will not only teach you how to achieve abundance, but will also teach you why, which is far more important. Mm. No matter how much experience you have with money, I am a chartered financial consultant with 43 years in the financial industry. It is highly likely that you will find something here that causes you to stretch and motivates you to go beyond where have you been so far in your journey with money, stewardship, and giving. I certainly did, and I have six pages of notes to prove it. I've already more ordered multiple copies, so I have plenty to give away. So that, that was surprising. That was pretty humbling hearing a financial advisor say he took six pages of notes yeah. from this book. Because <laughs> I was not expecting Well, especially that. because you're not a financial advisor. I'm and, not a financial advisor. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think there's this, this idea that, Ooh, that's a financial advisor and they kind of know everything, honestly. Right. It's like, they've just been around and especially yeah. someone who's been in the business for 43 years. Yeah. And I think probably heard a lot. And so. I think that's a testament to the fact that mm-hmm. the book isn't just a financial book. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. in fact, like a lot of people I've talked to said, this is, it's, it's about money, but it's not, it's not really a financial book. And, you know, and, and it is, it falls into the financial category. I think that makes sense. But I think the point is, is it goes so much further than a lot of typical financial books where it's just the nuts and bolts and part, what is it? Part three or no part two, a lot of people are just really surprised by part two is the earn section specifically where we talk about calling and purpose in life and all Mm. this stuff. And a lot of people were like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that in there. And so, and actually that is good. I think this next one, maybe it was a third one. Anyway. So this is what a pastor said. Wow. I was surprised by how practical and doable the action steps are. I've read many financial books, but this is by far, or this book is by far one of the best. Within the first few chapters, I was amazed at the practical and biblical suggestions that were doable. Seriously, I was thinking, hmm, never thought of this. This is something I do right now. Mm. The Timeless Principles Explained are gems um, I haven't read in previous financial books. So that was fun here to pastor say that. And then this other one, this is from a NASA engineer. And so this is fun. Which how the heck did they even find out about this book is what I want to know. I think that's really funny. Again, did not write the book for NASA. And he said, I'm halfway through the book. I'm absolutely loving every page. I'm not exact or it's not exactly what I expected. It's even better. I'm probably not your typical reader. I'm a NASA engineer with an MBA. I'm in the middle of your book right now where you talk about calling and purpose and this is a part I didn't expect from in your book. There you go. Yet it's been the best part for me so far as I'm considering a career change and moving into a pastoral position. Wow. So anyway, thanks again to you That's and so Linda for bringing this book into existence and sharing it. It's truly God's work through you both. 
So no, those are three of my favorites that I've seen so far. And so pretty fun. And I don't remember. I think Aaron, Aaron wrote one of those, right? Am I right? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it's just really fun hearing what some of y'all have said. And I've read through. Wait, we should do, we should do a quiz now. Which one do you guys think Aaron was? Was he the financial advisor? Okay. So everybody see Aaron down there? Was he the financial advisor, the NASA engineer or the The pastor? pastor. All right. So let's uh, let's do, everybody do fingers. So we'll do uh, one. Wait, but there's a lot. We cannot see a lot of people. I know, but it's okay. We'll see some of them. So you do one, if you think he's the financial advisor, you do two, if you think he's a pastor and three, if he is the NASA engineer. Okay. I want to see the other page too. So everybody hold up. Okay. We got two. All right, Aaron, what's the answer? Hold up the number three. three. There you go. Aaron is our NASA engineer. Wow. That's fun. Aaron. And I think Aaron. Oh, what's he got? Is he, are you a literal rocket scientist, man? <laughs> there we go. I love it. So That's fun. Amazing. So fun. Look at that. Is that your, wait, you can talk. Why don't yeah, you, you can unmute yourself? unmute yourself, Aaron, if you want. Can I hear him? Oh, we can't see. We uh, still can't, can't hear, hear you, dang it, because you said something funny and I didn't even hear it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, that's okay. You can type in the chat. Or... Type in the chat. Give us a joke but there. That's awesome. uh, actually, I want to pull up the chat. I can't I'm so glad you're yet. here, there though, Aaron. All right. I'm noticing a lot of other familiar faces. Forrest, I see you. Yep, 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 yep. And Paris, I saw Paris somewhere. There she is. <laughs> There's Paris. <laughs> it's so fun, though, seeing you guys again. Yeah, a lot of you have been in our courses, or, yeah, and that's classes. just just fun, just fun yeah. connected. So, okay, so let me give you a little bit of backstory here. So, like I said, in 2019, I started kind of working on the proposal with Jeff Goins, and initially, I went to him and I said, "Hey, because he started, he loves writing, but he kind of has transitioned out of writing, writing his, his own, own books. books, and so he's doing a lot of ghost writing for a lot of other authors." And I was talking, kind of talking to him about that, and. I was saying, I don't want to like completely write a ghost written book, but you're a really good writer. And like, can we work out something where you kind of ghost write this, but then I'm also in it. I'm writing a lot. And, and so he ended up creating our book proposal and Shreemia doesn't know with nonfiction work, typically a book proposal looks like um, writing a very thorough outline and writing about two or three complete chapters. And then that's what you pitch to the book publishers. And that's how they decide if they're interested or not. So anyway, so he wrote our entire book proposal for the original book, which is a lot different than the book that you have. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And so he went through that and did a great job. But through that process, I became really aware that I needed to write this book. And as great of a writer as he is, it was uh, a little bit like, you know, maybe David put it on Saul's armor type of thing. It's like, it was easy for me to be more confident in Jeff Goins and his amazing writing ability yeah. and kind of like lean on that. But God's like, no, I want you to use your sling. I want you to use the thing that you know, the thing that you're actually uniquely gifted at, the thing that I've put in you. And I want mm-hmm. you to use that um, to fight this battle. And in hindsight, looking back, it's really clear to me that that was the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm really, really glad because there were so many different things in this journey where I expected one thing and God changed another. And so yeah. coming back to this original book proposal, this book originally was going to be called The Giving Experiment. And originally the proposal was created, and this is the book I might still write at some point, but basically it was a 10-day challenge of 
basically different giving challenges for each day. And that was kind of the design of it, which all of you know, if you've read the book, like, you know, this book is not that at all. It's very, very different, but that was the original proposal that he wrote and that we came up with. And we ended up and after saying, he was done. Oh, we're getting another book yeah. <laughs> not for a long time. It's going to be a little bit. It's People keep asking like, Hey, are you going to write in our book? When are you going to write yeah. in our book? And the joke that I keep using is that it's, it's really like asking a woman two days after she gave birth, like, Hey, you're going to work kids? Yeah. It's like, listen, listen there. Slow <laughs> Give down. Us some time to breathe a little bit. So anyway, so Jeff and I write this, come up with this proposal for the book called the giving experiment. And then he connects me with a friend of his who is a book agent. And so me and the book agent are talking and, you know, we agree to work together and all this. And, and so then the book agent comes up, he's 10 different book publishers. I think we can pitch it to, and we kind of see, you know, if there's any interest or whatnot, which is a really interesting process um, because it's not like, it's kind of a longer process because we pitched it to them and we didn't, some of them, we didn't hear back from like six weeks. And so you're just kind of like sitting there. Most of them, it was at least two or three weeks and you're just sitting there like, hope somebody likes it, you know? (laughs) But anyway, so we pitched it and, you know, the first one who responded was interested, which is great. And they made an offer and that was great. And then I think the next one was interested and then one of them wasn't or two of them weren't or something, but ultimately we had six of the 10 interested, which was really, really good. But one of them, Waterbrook, which was the Christian imprint of Penguin Random House, they said they really liked us, but they would want to modify the proposal if we were to work with them. And initially my knee-jerk reaction was, no, 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 I've spent so much time on this. This is right. This is a thing. And I, I wanted to fight that. Um, and I'm like, you're not going to water down my book. Like, you know, I was like, you well, know. but it was interesting too, because we had done, we had done this whole proposal in 2019 and we went on mm-hmm. our one month sabbatical at That's the beginning really- of 2019 or at the beginning of 2020. Right. And I remember we were, we were praying one day on this sabbatical. Bob was like, you know, there's this weird thing in China. It's like a virus or something. And they're saying it could be a really big deal. This is in and February, we had early no February. Idea. Well, come like the time. So, and, and, and Bob was really angry that the book proposal hadn't gotten out. Yet. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's step back. Cause the book proposal should have, like, I wanted to get out in November. Like I wanted to start right. pitching it to publishers in November because it was ready to go then. But one thing after another happened and it just kept on getting pushed back all the way back until March. So he, so yeah, it, it, it gets pushed back till March. Well, you guys know what happened in March of 2020. It, that just changed everything. And so all of a sudden people's financial lives are looking very different than they were yeah. just three months earlier. Right. So it completely changed everything. And I think that it was almost like that timing needed to be right in order for us to be like, actually, I think changing this makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. It was a divine delay. There were so many, a (laughs) a lot of divine delays. It was like, this should have been done. This should have been done. This should have been done. And yeah, it, it just was, it happened when it needed to happen. Yeah. So So we were talking to six different publishers at that point. Side note, for anybody who's interested in doing this and writing your own book and getting published, it was really interesting to see the offers from the lowest offer to the highest offer on the the advance for the book. It was about eight to 10 times different. Mm. Like 
which is crazy to me. Like I would have thought it's like, oh yeah, one might be whatever, 20% higher, 20% lower, but it was like not even close. Yeah. Like they were just so vastly different. But yeah. anyway, so Waterbrook was the one that I was particularly interested in working with because I had two or three friends who had published with them and really had good, good things to say about them. And so Waterbrook was the one who said, I think we need to change this proposal and modify this book a little bit. And their argument was, look at the content that you're creating on your blog. It's not just a giving blog. Like you're talking about a lot of different topics. And and my initial thought was, well, I guess that's true, but this is the most important thing. This is why I want to write a book about the, you know, so I was like, I had, it took a while to kind of convince me, but I ended up praying about this. And I really felt like God was like, yes, this is good. This is right. Well, the other thing that we left out of that sabbatical, see, this is why we take these sabbaticals is because stuff like this comes out of them every single time. So we go on the sabbatical and Bob started listening to, was it John Wesley then? Oh, I was, I was reading something he, about John Wesley. And point. the, he had the make all you can save all you can give all you can. He got that. And we just, he just pulled up like a journal entry that he had saved from that time where it was like, this could be something for our business. And I remember driving home from that sabbatical, I think I said, you know what, it should actually be that. And then enjoy, enjoy it too. Because like, that's a big part of our thing is like learning how to enjoy the work. And I mean, you guys know, so on the sabbatical, the idea for a finance book, we were like, right on a sabbatical. Like I, it's just like my time to break. I don't do that. And like, Mm -hmm. I had this one day in the middle of where I felt like God said, start writing. I'm like, oh, but I don't write on sabbatical. I felt like he's like, no, I want you to write. And yeah. I, I just felt like, it, you know, when you have those times, it just felt like it was just flowing. flowing out, yeah. And what what I really wrote was the the outline for this book. And I had no idea. Like, I, I didn't know what I was writing until I talked to Waterbrook and we all decided, all right, we're going to try a new concept for this book. And I'm like, well, I have this idea. Do you like this? And they're like, yes, that's awesome. That's exactly it. So so yeah, it, it, it was, was really, really cool how it all kind of came together like that. Yeah, I think it's just so fascinating. And I think you guys probably have this in your own life where you're, you're like, I, I'm what I'm doing. I have my own plans and I'm going in this direction and then everything changes. But it's like he prepares you for it along the way. And you're like, wow, I'm just stepping right into this thing that I didn't know I was preparing for. But yep. here I am. You know, I mean, yep. it's really exciting and really fun. And it kind of gives you that indication that you're not alone, but also that you're on the right track because God is the one that is orchestrating everything anyway, you know, even when we don't know it. Yeah. So, and ultimately coming back to kind of tying this up with this new concept for the book, what I loved about it, like when I had this aha is that, because another point that they made is it's going to be a lot harder to sell a giving book than it is to sell a general personal finance book. Mm -hmm. And in the point, the argument they made is there's a felt need. That's the term that they kept on using where they argued that not many people wake up in the morning saying, I want to give more. How do I learn how to give more? You know, that's just not something that people think about a whole lot more, but a lot of people do wake up thinking, man, my financial life could be improved. And therefore more, it's more likely people run out to buy a book for that reason. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair argument, but what's so cool about it is this book is designed to be a Trojan horse where I got the important message that I wanted to get in there in a book that will hopefully and likely sell more copies and get that giving message to more people. So at the end of the day, I view this as a giving book. The whole thing is about giving. Like that's it. It's just we're using the other pieces because I want I want all of you to be earning more and I want you to be able to reduce your expenses so that you can give more. Like that's yeah. the goal, right? But it ultimately all comes back to giving and just thinking eternally. Like 
changing our financial, you know, time frame from just our lifetime to just saving up for retirement, just having enough until we die, but to think eternally, how can we think so yeah. much longer than just the here and now, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you, Carol. Carol said we both look great and we're glowing. I think it's these lights. It's a light. There's a hair light. See, you see what <laughs> I'm, my, I'm like shadow. at that point where I got like reflection on my it's head. Like, now. It's like, remember touched by I an angel <laughs> when, when there was like touched the angel would come in and the lighting was like, oh, touched by an angel. Then That's I remember the that we're show. going for. Oh yeah. Oh good. I'm glad you touched remember it. it. So my um, mom used to, this is another randomness. My mom used to watch, uh, what was it? Highway to heaven or something. Oh yeah. Michael Landon. Is that, I, do we have anybody <laughs> oh, who remembers that? <laughs> That was like her favorite show. And anyway, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, the other thing about this book that I don't know how much we communicated to you guys <laughs> was just that it was, there was a lot of opposition. Yeah. I think would be yep. this. And, and it seemed spiritual. It didn't seem like, you know, Definitely the Bible says spiritual. we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? Like yeah. we are, we're fighting spirit spirits anyway. Uh, we're never really fighting people, but it was, it was one of those things where we were like, oh, we're so glad to get this out just because the, <laughs> the opposition was, was really intense, which again, I think at a certain point, it just became like, okay, the, the devil's overplayed his hand. Like he's obviously angry that this is going out into the world. Yeah. It was by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Which is by far, not even which close. Is surprising because it doesn't uh, see, I don't think that's everyone's experience, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah, I've talked to plenty of people who are like, yeah, writing a book, it's like some work, but it wasn't a big deal. Uh-uh, yeah. That was not I mean, us. even people who it it's was, like their books are really, you know, yeah, they're significant. Yeah. So anyway, Sorry. so yeah, that was, <laughs> there, there was, there were a lot of challenges with it throughout yeah. and yeah, Greg and Denise said, we thanks for not, not giving up. up. We did not give up. And I, yeah. I mean, I had a few people in my corner encouraging me and that man, that helps so much. Yeah. It helps so much. This is one of my, I mean, I think I am one of my natural giftings is one of encouragement to people. And, and I think that's because I value it so much and because it means so yeah. much to me. And I'm someone who, I mean, I can ride on a high for weeks from mm-hmm. one kind word that I get to somebody or that somebody gives to me, you know, I mean, one good email, somebody sharing their story. is just really encouraging, you yeah. know? Because like doing all this stuff like on the internet, and it's like it's great that we can see your faces, but a lot, a lot of times we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're writing a when we're making a video or when we're writing a blog post or something, and it's just so nice to hear an encouraging word yeah. on the other side. You know, yeah, and there I think there were a lot of people praying for us, and I mean, yeah. it just it and we felt a it. huge difference. We really did feel it. Yeah. Um, so thank you if you, yeah, did any of that, which I'm sure some of you did. All right. So we're going to give away the first signed copy to the first one who leaves any comment. There you go. Andrew's got it. Okay. You are the winner. Okay. So Andrew, just connect with Lauren, get your address to her. We'll get you a signed copy. Um, We're going to give out another signed copy in a few minutes. Then we'll give out one of our real money things. Slow types. So yeah. So be ready. Be ready. Slow types. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Slow awesome. times. All right. You guys want to know a really fun fact, random fun fact about Bob today. Okay. Does anybody know what Dvorak is? Probably not. This is very weird, but this I'll just say it. Okay. Super weird. All right. So you have your keyboard. If you ever like look at the top or if you have a Mac and you look in the top, maybe in windows on the bottom right hand, you have like a, there you oh. go. You have like the little American flag for your U S keyboard. And you can change that to different countries. 
Okay. So there's one called, mm-hmm. so all of the keys are outlined or different places. And so I use that keyboard to type. I don't use a QWERTY, QWERTY keyboard anymore. Anymore. Uh, yes. I switched about, when was that? Six, seven years ago? Yeah. I think we might've been in St. Louis for that. When you no, I was, over. we were doing it when we were visiting here. Oh, so and, we were uh, living in Karen's, St. Louis. You're right. You're right. But it was like right then. Cause that's right when then. I was going like this on the keyboard as I was switching. <laughs> like a monkey. It was, it was terrible. Oh um, man. No, it took me six to nine. It probably took me nine months to get back up to speed. But no, I went from, I don't know, 60, 70 words a minute down to literally five. <laughs> like it was and it is, really I'll tell tough you for what, a little bit. It's so annoying because I, every computer I go to, it's always changed to the Dvorak keyboard and I start okay. typing. But tell them how simple it is. Like literally you go check a box. I and know, it but it's back. just annoying because it's not just automatic like it used to be. Why did you make the switch? Yeah. So the reason I made the switch, anybody who knows WordPress, what is his name? Um, Matt Mullenweg or whatever, the guy who created WordPress, I think is his name. Mullenweg. I think I heard him on maybe the Tim Ferriss podcast talking about how he and all of his engineers used Dvorak. And the reason they did is because it's much more efficient. So like, if you think about the the placement of all the keys on your keyboard, like there's certain things you're doing with your pinky finger or whatever that, anyway, all that to say, the key placement is just a lot more efficient. And apparently the QWERTY keyboard wasn't created in that layout. It wasn't designed to be typed on. And yet all of us are typing on it. And as a result, like we're straining our wrists and we're doing motions that are inefficient. So, so yeah, I just viewed it as, well, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I just viewed it as a short-term investment to long-term like wrist health and ultimately speed. Cause now because it's more efficient, I can type faster than I was able to with QWERTY before. So that's a super, super nerdy fun fact um, of the day with Bob's weirdness. Bob's weirdness. All right. All right. Are we doing, are we taking questions? We are going to take questions. Okay. I want to run through a couple like, other things I, real we quick. I think questions. we might've talked about all this, but how we came up for the title. Does anybody want to know how we came up for the title? Oh boy. It's this okay. If you don't, where's my phone? Where's like, I can phone? show them that, that picture of what of the title. Oh. When I can't, but I got to know where my phone is. I don't know where your phone is. All right. Let me see if I can find it. Call Linda. Oh boy. It's gotta be calling nice. Linda. Lottich. Oh, here it is. We'll see if oh, you can boy. find it. Did you find it? Yeah. Uh, the kid probably had it. I'll see if I can find this. All right. So the title. So for anybody who doesn't know, like I, I've self-published a couple books, and I and I hesitate to even say that. Like in a lot of ways, I feel like this is our first book because it's kind of like the equivalent of a band, like getting signed with a label, versus when they put a tape recorder down in the garage. And then just like recorded it. Like that's kind of like the difference. And not that I'm like ripping on my previous books, but they just, I just quickly threw them together. There wasn't near, I mean, not even close. Like this literally was, I can say this without exaggeration, there's a hundred times more work than mm-hmm. all the work I put into all those other ones. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a hundred times better. Like I, I really like our 31 day devotional manage your money God's way. Like I think it's, I think it's really good. But the point is that I pulled together blog, blog posts, threw them together in that devotional and made it. And it just was a lot faster. So for anybody who's curious, the traditional publishing route is it is a bear and a beast and takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. So the book title took, I would say seven to eight months of back and forth. We would have weeks where Linda and I would spend five to seven hours brainstorming we yeah. would go through hundreds of titles, come up with three or four. They're like, I think these are good. I think these are good. And we'd go back to the publisher and they're like, no, we don't like any of them. <laughs> and I say, here's three yeah. new ones that are completely different from anything you said. And then we're like, no, that's not it. 
And we did that yeah. multiple times back and forth For and months. forth. Did you not find it? I did. I did find and it. And so actually, so well, you, you my brother is a songwriter and I was like, wow, this came in at a weird angle. So I was like, Corey, his name's Corey. I said, Corey, can you please help us? Like just brainstorm some title ideas. Just help me help us think with title, subtitle, like anything yeah. will help. He's and just so good with words. He sent this. I don't know. I'm going to. Can you guys see that? This is his brain map. This is how he like he came up with this. He, he just would come up with random words. So like abundance and approachable. He listened to me talking. I said, we're, we're kind of going for this and this and this. And so he wrote those and then he would write all these words that kind of had to do with it. And it lo- this is what his brain map looked like. And then he came up with this, which is like all these different titles and a title and a subtitle. So you can see title over here, subtitle over here. And if you look right here, you will see simple money, rich life. Oh no, it went away. Lost it. Can you zoom in? Yep. He wrote simple money, extravagant life. Interesting. And there there it is. So this is my brother's (laughs) random thing. And we were like, oh, that could work. That could work. So it got added to the short list. It got added to the short list. And then it ended up being the one. Yeah. But that, man, I think picking the title was one of the more difficult things. Yeah. In the whole I'm like thing. looking at some of these so other much ones. Work. Yeah. It, how to win with money was another one, but there was, a, you keep moving this and it's like making me look weird. I'm scooting me <laughs> out and we don't have our typical setup here, but Bob was like wanting to move everything. Okay. Uh, she says like naming a kid. Like naming a kid. It's, yeah. it's way more work than naming a kid. No, well, <laughs> for us only anyway. because we had to get a bunch of other people that we don't know very well to agree. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like if all of us on this call had to decide on what the name of our mutual one- kid would be. <laughs> it's like trying to get us all to decide. Like that's what it was like. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But no, we put in it far less crazy. effort in naming our kids. I mean, I, we I still put we put effort in. But anyway. All right. So does anybody have any questions? Feel free to throw them in the chat. And go, the first the person, sorry, the first person who asked a question will win a signed copy. Oh, so. Okay. There Cynthia. you go. Cynthia. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about the book. It can be about anything. This is an AMA. So we will answer. What's your advice uh, if, a, if one spouse is not completely on board? All right. I'm going to let you answer that. We I'm talk go about this a, a lot. Water. Okay. okay. We talk about this a lot and it's hard. I would guess you probably being here are the one who is on board and that you're like raring to go and everything. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. I think the first thing, if this is a point of tension, I, I, we've been telling people to have a conversation about the conversation. So in other words, you come together and go, okay, I really want to talk about our finances, but I don't want you to freak out. And I don't want to have, I, I, you know, I don't want tension in our marriage over this issue. So how can we talk about it in a way that brings us on the same page and, and helps us fight the issue rather than fighting each other? I think having a date when you do this is a great idea, you know, like popcorn and soda or ice cream or, you know, whatever your thing is. One of my friends said charcuterie board, like she would do that. I think that really helps I think the other thing that you can do is just realize that they have value, that the person who is not on board, that they have a lot of value to add. And so yeah. that you want to work together to figure this out because you know that they can, they can add something. I think casting a vision and saying, 
you know, I think we, you know, I hear you talking about how you want to golf every Saturday or take a trip to Europe or buy a house in the Bahamas. I don't know, whatever, whatever, like kind of dreams that they have or, you know, go on the mission field or whatever it is. And then you kind of place it like, I want to make those things happen. And I think we could get there if we can yep. get on the same page with our finances. I mean, and that's and kind of what I did together. for you, right? Yeah. And that helped you? Yeah. So I think those are some, those are my top ideas. Do you have any, any other suggestions? No, I mean, I think that's all good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but pray. I mean, she just it, said you okay. were so amazing. Yeah, I, that sounds should. like I gave you the advice you needed then. <laughs> yeah. And obviously like, and, and it's so, I hate that sometimes that's a cliche answer to pray, but I think at the same time, we often forget about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it becomes a thing. It's like, well, okay, I'll pray, but what should I actually do? And right. it's like, well, do prayer. Like, let's do, pray do, and invite God the into prayer. this situation because, totally. you know, just being honest, I think you would agree. Like, when I try to change her, like, it doesn't work. But when I pray, I can sit back and watch her change. Every married like, person went, like, mm, not good. You know? And so <laughs> that's by far yeah. the most effective thing I've ever done to get her to change. And again, and again I'm not saying your goal is to just get your spouse to change, but, well, but um, changing in the, uh, in the area of, I want to be able to talk about finances and be on the same page. I think that's a great thing, yeah. but also the change comes in you too, right? It's like when, when you're trying to figure that out together, like, I think it's both people that just, yeah, change together. But that's right. what's so great about marriage, I think, is like you get to grow together and discover new things about yourself and help the other person discover new things about themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. It's fun. So anyway. Okay. Hey, Bob, what's your question? What's up? I just want to make sure a couple more questions. If you scroll up the chat a little bit, there were a couple that came through earlier. I think the first one's from Peg about how to invest. So I would start there in your chat and go down. How to invest. That is a broad question. Well, wait, further up in the chat. Hold on. Yeah. And I can paste it in Slack if you want. I just want to make sure. Yes. There's one Uh, one from Peg and then one from Forrest Johnson. Yes. Forrest is, are those other books accessible? Yes. They're on Amazon. And that was an easy Yeah. Like, so I... You can't remove books from Amazon, which I'm kind of annoyed by because oh, you can't. two of them I just think are dated and I would like to pull them down because I don't, you know, so, but the Managing Money God's Way, that's a book I would still recommend. That's our 31 day devotional. Like I'm going to do an update on it because it's self-published and I can do that. I can't, I can't do anything with the other book. Like the publisher does everything, but I'm going to do an update on it probably in the next couple of months, but, but I still think it's a good book. The other two, we have one about how to save money or some of the 21 ways to save money or something. And it's just old. So it's like, I don't know, some, it might be helpful. But, and then we, I wrote a book about blogging. I mean, literally You're 13, like shaking the whole table. 13 years ago. I'm getting sick. Has <laughs> anybody like, gotten oh seasick? Oh my gosh, stop moving. <laughs> All right. I have a lot of pent up energy and it just comes out through fidgeting and wiggling. Sorry. Uh, Anyway, so yes, it's every, all the other (laughs) books are on there, even though I wish I could pull a couple of them off. Anyway, uh, how to invest in money market savings account and how to pay down mortgage debt faster. Okay. So there's a lot here, Peg. So a money market savings account. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like I'm saying this like a broken record right now with inflation, but I, I would build up an emergency fund in your savings account, money market, whatever, whatever account there you're doing. And you can find those at pretty much 
And I would have an emergency fund there, but I would not have too much cash in a savings account or money market account right now because inflation is eight and a half percent or something right now. So that means that the value of that cash is just being eroded really quickly. So I, I wouldn't have too much in there. I would be thinking about other investments beyond that, whatever, real estate, stock market, an index fund or something like that, or some government bonds or something like there's a variety of different things, but. And then how to pay down de- uh, faster. debt faster. Yeah. Like the thing, like the thing that moves the needle on getting your debt paid off faster, like the practical thing is that you free up more cash, right? So it's like, there's no magic strategy of whether you do the debt snowball or the debt avalanche where you do one and you're going to pay it off five years faster. It's not about that. It's about how can you free up more cash to put towards your debt? That's what speeds it up. So with that in mind, there's two knobs you can turn. You can either reduce expenses to free up more cash, or you can increase income to free or to create more cash. And so anyway, so it's not, that's the thing. There's no secret thing to it other than just have to find some way to make some more money, either by getting a promotion or taking on a side hustle or something like that. Yeah. Or reducing your expenses and doing that and freeing up extra cash so you can put that towards the debt. Now that said, the beautiful thing about all this is as a Christian, you know, assuming you are, if you are like, we can invite God in this equation. Mm -hmm. And we have on multiple occasions in our debt payoff journey, I had God come, you know, kind of like, I'm trying to think what it's like. It's like, I'm imagining a kid flying a kite, like huge kite. And then like the wind just picks him up and carries him like so much for that's what it felt like for us. Absolutely. And so we were doing some of those things you know, trying to earn some extra cash and reduce our expenses to free up extra cash to pay it off early. We, we didn't have enough, but God came and added his energy to it. And it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And we shaved off years by that. Yep. Multiple times. Multiple times. And so, our house was one of them. Again, yet again, sounds cliche, but bring God to that equation, actually spend time yeah. getting enough payment. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about this a lot. So for us, I think if you've read the book, you know, we, the way this happened for us is what he asked us to give more, which we ended up giving basically what we, the extra that we were paying towards our house, we ended up giving it instead. And we thought, well, this is, this is counterintuitive. Like this is going to take away, it's going to subtract from us trying to pay off our debt. But instead God swooped in and did this pretty much miracle. Oops. But like the, the, the lesson I think to learn there is not necessarily follow our formula. I don't, I don't think, I, I actually don't think that that's, you know, yeah. the, the lesson to learn yeah. there at all, but pray I do think that God. it is pray, figure out what that little thing is that he's saying, do this. And even if you think this is a bad idea or it's never going to help or never do anything, do it anyway. Yep. Like that's the lesson is like, do the thing he tells you to do because there's so many times where we've been like, that's, that's just weird. Who does that? Why would we do this? This doesn't make any sense. And that's the thing that ends up bringing the breakthrough. Yep. Wouldn't you say? That's great. Yeah. All right. How do you become a lifelong learner? Larry's asking. I don't know how to become that. Well, here's what my journey, because I, I'm definitely a lifelong learner. I love learning. It's, I just love it. But for me, traditional school, like my education, my upbringing beat it out of me. And so I came out of what a high school into college, just not hating reading, not wanting to learn anymore. Like 
And so it took me a while to kind of get back. Like, so I had the same experience playing soccer. So I played soccer in grade school and we constantly had this punishment of running laps and it made me hate running because running was a punishment. And it, and so much of my school experience was like that too, that learning was something that was forced on me and not something, it was never rewarded for what I wanted to learn and what I cared about. And that's so sad to me because in real life, when you get out of school, you can be rewarded for the things you want to learn about and the things that you're actually excited about. Yeah. And, and so that's what I read about now. And that's what I learn about. And so that, that would be my encouragement is start like going after the things you're really interested in, the things you're excited yeah. about, and just follow those curiosities. And the more you get in that habit of, huh, I wonder about that. And, you know, how long do lightning bugs live? And it's like, you know, whatever, just be like a kid with some sort of childlike <laughs> wonder and then explore that thought. Like go Google it for a little bit and just start learning. And yeah. I, I also think, in- well, what's the quote that's like, you in five years, you will become yeah. the books you read, the people you're around, yeah. and what's the yeah. other thing? The sum, yeah, of that. Like, I don't know. I've heard variations of that yeah. quote, but but, but I like, do like it. I, I really like the idea that it's the people that you're around too, because you can change the voices that are impacting you the most. And I think that will help with your curiosity and learning. And because get, getting around curious people is really fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have a good friend who is incredibly curious and he's just one of the brightest people I've ever met, he, but like, he's incredibly swar- smart. So you would think you would have a conversation with him and he would want to tell you everything, but, but he instead asks he asks a whole lot of questions to the point where you're like, Oh my gosh, like what? <laughs> Why and it's so much this? more fun to have a conversation with somebody who is asking questions yeah. and somebody who just doesn't care about you. And so the curiosity is really helpful. The internet connection seems to be cutting in and out. Uh Oh, what do you want to do about uh, that? We can hop over there. Okay. Do you want to start? How about you start it out? Yeah, we're not hard line. That'll help. Well, we'll get on the hard line. He's doing this on a laptop. Sorry, guys. Okay. What has been a hard character struggle during the whole book process? (laughs) This is a great question. They're really going for it. Okay. For me, I think there was a lot, but there was some... I really wanted to fight for myself and fight for our own thing. Oh, oh, okay. okay. I'm up there. Hang on. So, okay. All right. Do you feel so, like you yeah, answered that? Do you have, what was your character struggle? I don't know. What do you think it was? No, I mean, I think it, the Lord really taught us to fight in prayer and not fight for ourselves. Cause there were times where I think both of us were like, you know, ready to go to bat and, you know, I'm going to try to fix this camera. Keep going. We were, we were ready to fight. I think that it was the same for both of us, honestly. But like, that was so good because it really did teach us to fight in prayer and it kept us at the feet of Jesus, honestly, the the whole time, really the whole time, because there was was a lot that went on. Lauren, I'm just realizing we missed, we don't have the the questions on this new computer now. Okay. You appreciate the authenticity. Can you you pop them in Slack? Of the laptop. (laughs) Um, A couple people were saying- Yeah. Can everyone see them now? A couple of people were saying they see like a battery. Yeah. There's a battery in my forehead. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it right center to my forehead. Oh, is that what that is? That's so weird. So I don't know what that is y'all. I, the camera is working. If it shuts off, then whatever. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) That's not a great answer for them. (laughs) Well, 
It just is what it is. Okay. We're making it work. Well, we All have right. another we'll, camera. We'll, we'll make it happen. We do have another one. In Slack. So go ahead. And okay. Best training resource for starting a blog. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bob we, we wrote have, a book on this. I mean, we <laughs> have a handful little... of things like, so like I was saying, our, the, the book I wrote on starting a blog, well, I wrote two books. So the first one I wrote in like 2009. So it's pretty old. I mean, I think I did an update of it maybe in 13 or something, but still it's like nine years ago. So it might be helpful and it's a free book. You can get it for free. So yeah, might as well check it out. The other one, Pro Blogging Secrets, I think it has some value. Um, there's some value in there. Yeah. So that's a, a great spot. We have, is it seed time slash blogging? If you go there, like basically that book is all on that page pretty much. And so you can read a lot in there. This thing is driving me nuts too now. Do you guys want to know something? The way this call is going is how our lives have felt the last three years. Probably. Of like, oh, the, of course, of course the battery's dead. And of course it's blinking on your forehead <laughs> and the laptop didn't work. And yeah, this is really, have anyway. you ever had a time in your life like that where you're like, why is everything a mess all the time? <laughs> okay, good. I'm seeing some nods. Yeah. <sighs> so, so anyway, okay. How do you visualize right. and stay focused on a vision? All right. You work on that. I'm going to see if I can get this battery thing. Going. Okay. Visualize and stay focused on a vision. This is it. Do you have anything to add to this? I'm kind of like, I don't know. I think writing it, it is a good question. It's kind of a tough question for me. I'm trying to think of the visions that we've had like this, that we've really stayed focused on. I think for us, it's just been talking about it a lot. I mean, I, I think that there's definitely a personal reflection time with the Lord that I've done just journaling. For me, I really love to journal. I feel like my it's like my thoughts can get out. It's like the, everything is bottled up inside. And as soon as I start writing, it seems to just kind of flow out and I can figure things out better. Yeah. Do you have any other ideas? No, I think that's all good. And just pray, just praying about it, asking the Lord about it, seeking the Lord. This is a Bob question, so I'll skip this one. What fun do you, okay, that's another Bob question. That's another Bob question. <laughs> <laughs> These are a lot of Bob questions, guys. I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old and one on the way. We have some cash ready to start saving for future education. I'm part of the plan as well. With that in mind, would you advise us, would you advise for education savings, 529 crypto savings or other? Uh, all right. Which one? That one that's- One-year-old, four-year-old, one on the way. I just read it out loud. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, with that in mind, would you advise education savings? Yeah. So I'll just say this crypto. I mean, I always want to say this because I think it's important to know is I think it's one of the riskiest places you can put your money right now. And so you have to know that and just, I'm saving for my college, my kid's college fund. I'm probably not going to do that in crypto while I, you know, if things go well, I might use some of that to move over to their college fund, but I don't want to put their college fund in it. I don't want to bank on crypto in order to, to pay for college. So that being said, 529, I think it's a good plan, but it, it's different for each state. And so you need to look in your state and just Google in your state, 529 plans to kind of see, because it's a state by state thing. So they're all different. But if you're, I don't think it hurts to save for college education, but we've kind of kind of paused college savings for our kids a little bit. We've saved some up for them, but I'm not convinced all of our kids are going to go to college. Like I, 
there's just such a They're massive smart enough. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean that. There's just such a massive shift in higher education and the value of it. And there's always going to be jobs and positions that are going to require a college degree, but there's just a lot more opportunities and a lot more companies that don't care about it as much. And especially me, you know, now that I'm on the side of hiring, I could care less about a college degree. Like I care so much more about the value that someone can add to our company and their work ethic and mm -hmm. things like that. And so, you know, as parents, I think that's important to focus on, you know, and coming back to the previous question about being a lifelong learner, I so much would rather somebody who's an eager learner than somebody who whatever got an advanced degree, but is resting their laurels and has no interest in learning. So and I think I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that's yeah. a big trend and shift that we're seeing more and more. So all that to say, like, when you put money into 529, it needs to be used on education expenses. And therefore, yeah, I, I don't even know. I haven't explored like what happens, what you can do with that money if there's nowhere to spend it and probably some penalties of some sort. I don't know. But yeah, just something to consider there. All right. all right. Does the Sapphire card apply to specific types of bills or utilities and not to others? others. Okay. They offer 80,000 uh, points if you spend 4,000 in three months. Yeah, so I sent an email about uh, Chase Sapphire and their 80,000 point bonus, which I think ends, I think it, they actually sent a notice. They almost never do this. I sent a notice saying it's gonna end in just a few. I'm like looking at this thing, it's driving me. Here, let's get over here so I don't have to have okay. it on my head. Yeah, somebody asked if you're a robot. Oh, but then they can't. Can you see? Yeah. So anyway, so this is a card, one of my favorite cards. And you can use it, you can use that for any of, Anything you can use the card for, like you'll get points for that. And that'll be part of that $4,000 spend to get that bonus. So, so yeah. And the other thing here, uh, just as an FYI, I, a lot of you might already know this because I've talked about this, but one of the things we started doing, because pretty much every product um, has some sort of referral program or affiliate program or something like that, like pretty much everything, like everything you talk about, there's some way to refer it and get uh, kickback or commission or something like that. So one of the things we started doing was we decided we're gonna start taking all of those and using them to fund our giveaway fund that for giveaways that we're gonna have for you and for everyone else. And so it's just one way to kind of like reduce the, the, the appearance of conflict of interest, you know, cause at the end of the day, like what I've, I've been doing this for so long, there's not a single product out there that, I mean, there's very few products that I could talk about and point people to that don't have some sort of referral thing. So the reality is, is I'm never talking about something just because of a referral program. Like that might've been happening with a lot of people 10 mm -hmm. years ago. And I'm sure there's still some people doing it now, but like we've never worked that way. We've never operated that way. I only talk about stuff that I actually use and love and would recommend to my sister and my mom. And, and I've earned the trust of people over the years. Hopefully a lot of you as well as not being someone who's just shilling, whatever, you know, has some sort of referral thing, but but we decided, what if we just take like those referral commissions and then just give them back to the community and do something like that? So we've begun doing that. And so all that to say, if you're gonna go get the Sapphire card, this is another one that has a referral program. And so if you just go to seedtime.com slash CC, those are our top credit card recommendations right now for different credit cards. So, so yeah, if you just go do that, then you'll be increasing your likelihood of winning the giveaway because we're gonna be, <laughs> adding those uh commissions to a big pot that we're going to be using for giveaways for the seed time community like so 
All right. What fund do you recommend to keep up with inflation? Is it on SoFi? Uh, yes. So in general, like just keeping up with inflation right now, there's two different things that um, I would look at. TIPS bonds, Treasury Insurance Protected Securities is I think the acronym. So these bonds, they keep up with the pace of inflation, the government backed bonds that will keep pace with it. And the other ones are I bonds. And they both are different in terms of the length of time that you have to hold them and how they work. So you can do some Googling and look at the differences on them. But but tips, I know you can buy some sort of ETF on SoFi with and the I bonds, like I just looked the other day, they're paying like 9.1% or something. So it's it's fantastic and it's keeping up with the pace of inflation. Yeah. So yeah, if you just have I talked to somebody last night who had hundred thousand dollars in a savings account, and I'm like, all right. You probably got to move some of that out of there. Let's get that into something else. Let's get, you know, like keep some cash, but that's a lot of money to be Mm -hmm. eroded away with inflation right now. I am concerned about the ESG movement in corporations. Do you have any advice on how to approach my retirement account management annuity with? Valak AIG. Um, I don't know what that is. Uh, Greg looks like he might, he's thinking to see if he's got an advi- some advice and an answer. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about this offline and kind of go from there. Just shoot me an email and we'll kind of go into that. I feel a little bit better about that. All right. Tell me more about your plan to be totally passive income in the next two years. So this is a. This is my experiment. I just love experimenting with things. And so you guys have seen us do a few crazy experiments. But anyway, 2017, God called me. I don't want to say kicking and screaming, but I wasn't, it wasn't my idea to take the entire year off. So I took 2017 off as a sabbatical year. And and one of the most life-changing things I ever did. And I remember after that year, just thinking, or praying, God, if there's any way I could do this. Like, so let me step back. So he led me to that through this Leviticus 20, I think was the chapter where, I don't know, Leviticus 20 or 22 or 25. I don't remember what it was exactly, but the chapter about in the Bible where it talks about um, where God told Israel or whoever to, to work the land for six years and let it rest on the seventh year. And that he was going to provide enough on the sixth year to cover them through the seventh year into the eighth year when they had a harvest again. And anyway, and through that, you know, God was just speaking to me and basically saying, all right, I want you to take a rest with your business and step away for a year. And so I remember at the end of that sabbatical year and it just being so life-changing and just praying God, like if there's any way I can do this every seven years, like, I know it's crazy. I've never heard anybody do that, but if I can do that, like I'd love to do it. That'd be really awesome just kind of keep this year off every seven year rhythm rather than you know saving it all for retirement like what if there's a way i can do that now and just kind of spread it out and so anyway so that's in 2024 and we're not at all in a position to be able to do that like our business is very different now like we actually don't it's not nearly as passive as it was like we our business was structured very very differently then Mm And we had much more of a passive business and it's just not now it's very active and so part of it is like i want to shift some of that a little bit by 2024 and also like i really just want to explore there's just there's so much out there there's so many opportunities so many unique things you know i've sent a couple emails about this crypto thing i'm doing which is kind of a crypto passive income thing and it's like it's you know super risky and whatever but it's like i'm just exploring stuff trying to see what's going on 
And really my goal is by 2024 to see if I can pull together enough passive things to keep us afloat through 2024. So do you have anything else on your radar? What do you mean? Besides crypto? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be, that's what they're asking. Yeah. I'm going to be posting more like I'm going to be writing about something in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm just going to be talking about a lot of what I'm doing over the next year and a half, I guess it is now. Uh, but that's the big idea behind it. And yeah, more is going to be coming. So if that's something that's interesting to you in any Stick way, just around. make sure you stay on the email list. Yeah. All right. How do you make decisions on where to give your money once you know the amount each week or month, et cetera? Oh, real quick side note, real quick about all that, since I assume you guys are all on the email list. Uh, so you guys probably all know with social media, they're all, there's algorithms that decide whether or not you're interested in a particular account you're following. And if you don't engage with them, if you don't like, if you don't whatever comment and stuff, they're not going to show you their stuff anymore. Okay. They're just going to assume you're not interested. Well, Gmail is doing the same thing just as an FYI. Okay. So, and I, I just found this out. I was on the seminar probably a year ago about email marketing and apparently Gmail is doing this and whatever Gmail does, all the other email service providers end up doing like a year or two later. But the gist is, is that if you like, so if you joined our newsletter and we send 10 emails and you don't open them anymore, Gmail is going to start sending our emails to spam in your account. And so even if you don't mark them as spam, like if you just don't open any, they're going to assume you're not interested and they're going to move it to your spam folder. So you don't even see it. And that blew my mind because it's like, rude, isn't it? shouldn't I be able to say if this is spam or something, I'm not interested. It's like, maybe I just haven't had time to open them, you know, but yeah. just want to let you know that that's going on. So for us or for anyone crazy. else you're subscribed to or any emails you actually want to see, that's just something to consider and be aware of. Okay. okay. So how do we decide? how much we're giving, where we're giving it, prayer, obviously, research. Do you have any separate priorities? And if so, how do you reconcile each of your wishes? Okay, I don't know, do you wanna start this? So, I mean, we have, we we give to our local church and then we do, we have some ministries that we give to that it's just like, we we've agreed on those. Book. Oh, we do? Yeah, okay. I broke it down in the book as like a pie chart. Of course you did. You wanna see if you can find that? Yep. Tell them what page it's on. Because everyone here probably has a book, right? I mean, that's do. They that, I'm just assuming. Uh, yeah. So, so we do like, you know, we have our ministries, we give to our church, we have the things that we've already agreed upon. And then we have our seed account. Which and that 13. is 217. Wow. 213. There you go, Lauren. 213. And if you want to see Lauren, she's on page 169. <laughs> and that's a picture of Lauren. A much you younger Lauren. <laughs> Much long, younger, so cute. Very happy, excited, Lauren. Yeah, but we have uh, a seed account, and so this is this goes into one of our budget categories, right? So if you did the real money method, or you know what that is, it's our, it's just a, a separate budget category, which makes it really fun because then we can just spend that money on kind of whatever we feel like spending it on. And I think if there's a bigger amount, we'll talk about it. But if it's hundred dollars or less probably i think it's yeah. it's pretty easy or we know each other at this point well enough to know i'll go you know bob won't care i'm doing this and i'll, I'll tell him about it later i mean i think ultimately same for you this is what's so beautiful about having this seed account this separate giving account is that it's already designated for giving yeah and so it's not like if she just runs and spends 500 dollars and gives it to somebody that i'm gonna say oh we're gonna use that for that. groceries yeah like that's never going to happen. It's, it's there it's for rare. a purpose, you know? And so that makes it so much easier, so much easier for our communication with it. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's rare that we've ever even been like, oh, I don't know if that was maybe the best when yeah, we've had money come out of the seed account. But yeah. if there is a bigger number, like we had like $500 a couple of months ago and I was like, hey, I just want you to know, just make sure that's cool. And you're like, yeah. And I, I, I had already even committed that money and I was like, I know he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that is what's really great about having that account is we both know that it's there for our discretion and when the lord is like leading you to something it's like you almost just don't even we don't even need to have much of a discussion about it at all all right okay first person to put emoji in the chat wins the real money gift card Ooh. an emoji not, not that not, an emoji there, there we, we go. go kayla's got it <laughs> she knows awesome sorry to all the people who put the whatever not emoji Emoticon. smiley faces emoticons yeah Anyway, Kayla, Lauren, hook up with Lauren. She'll get you that. <laughs> All right. Next question. Where is it? Okay. I have a one-year-old. We already did that one. What's your favorite right. finance book and why? Uh, Simple I mean, Money, Rich Life. <laughs> because we spent three years on it. We really like it. The book have, of Proverbs, I think, would honestly be your favorite book. Right? Yeah, and, and it changes, but yeah, I'll just say, so two books right now that I'm really excited about, and I think I might have sent an email about this, maybe I wrote it, I don't remember, like, I don't know where, where the schedule is, whatever, but what's Craig Hill's book? Wealth Secrets of the 96%. Four Wealth Secrets five. that 96% don't know. Yes. This book we read probably a year Craig or two Hill. ago. And I really liked it. I mean, it's funny. I actually met this. We both met this guy at a conference, a mutual friend of ours, mentor of ours, Chuck Bentley. We were at a conference and he introduced us to Craig and we had a very really? short talk. I do talk. not remember this. I know. That's my point. Like, I had we a talked to him for like though, so five seconds, that's my excuse. shook his hands and, and Chuck's like, you guys should meet each other and should talk. And that book is fascinating. I even liked it. So that's a very something. short book, easy read. But yeah. I, yeah. Because I mean, I've read a lot of books, but I read this like a year or two ago, and I'm like, this is just solid. There's just some good stuff in we it. We even did like a live podcast, or yeah, we did like a little bit of a book study on our podcast. Yeah. If you go back a couple of years, really Ron Blue's it. book, Master Money, is really good. So Carol's the book, Greg and Shannon, the book is called Ninety Six Five Wealth Secrets the Ninety Six Percent Don't Know, or something like that. I don't remember. I think it's, it's four close like that. Secrets. It's five. It's five. Okay. Somebody's Greg and. Uh, I can't see. Denise, Denise are showing it. Oh, yeah. There you go. There it is. Five wealth secrets. That's girl. Craig I told Hill. you it was five, honey. <laughs> You're so much smarter than I am. Is that what it is? So that one, another one I read, this one's making the rounds and really popular right now, but it's called Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel or something. And it's good. It's a good book. Just a lot of, just a good book. Just really enjoyed just it. Just a good book. Okay. Will you be doing a book signing anywhere? We will. Do to? Yeah, we're just not well known enough to like go travel to different cities and have enough people come to a bookstore or anything like that. And so I don't know, we might do something in Nashville or something maybe, but I don't know. I just don't think we're famous enough. So <laughs> I don't want to go to sit in a bookshop at the and desk then no and have like, comes. oh, or no one, no one come. So I just don't think we're going to do that the one this person point. who invited us is there. That's it. But, but anyway, we've given out two tonight. Maybe we'll give out another one. Maybe we'll give out another one. All right. I am going to start a blog vlog on nutritional and biblical perspective. Do you from have any? Oh, from, yeah. Do you have any advice on that? Yeah. I can't read this while you're scrolling. You read it. Try. Just try. No, <laughs> it's awful. 
Uh, yeah, so I think that's a good topic. So we actually ran a many, many years ago, we ran a health blog for a short while. I mean, I should say health blog. I, it was just something we were interested in. And so we were yeah. writing about it a little bit. Well, um, and you were like, let's see if we can get some free stuff. <laughs> we wanted to get free. That was awesome. a big part of it. Because that's the thing, like once you become a blogger, like everyone wants to send you free stuff. And so we actually did because like we started this health blog and we did not have, we didn't get much traction at all. Like we didn't yeah. have a lot of traffic, but like we get these. Um, we got, I got, got some, some free energy, organic socks energy bars. <laughs> for this company. We got some like energy bars sent to us, some like drinks, some sort of yeah. stuff. And so like that was cool for me. I just wanted to get some free stuff. <laughs> With the blog we run now, like we actually don't get very much free because it's pretty much books. Everyone wants to sell it, send us books, but that's about it. So anyway. But yes, in terms of monetizing it, like that's a good niche. That's a good niche to be in. And there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of opportunity yeah. um, with that niche. So I think that's a good niche to be in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think tackling that topic from a biblical perspective is really valuable. Yeah, that's great. I think it's important. Because yeah, what book did you read? What the Bible says about healthy living? Yeah. So there's a book I read, I don't know, 15 years ago or something by this guy named Rex or something. Rex. And it just reframed how I thought about healthy living and you know when it's scriptural it was based on the bible and it was like wow i didn't know it talked about this and yeah so i really enjoyed that book and yeah and there's been a handful of others since but i think that's great we've been gifted a hundred thousand stuff scrolling from parents we're debt-free except for mortgage uh balance of 115k we're beginning to live on a budget thanks to real money Woo but know nothing about investing is it better to invest the money or pay down mortgage Okay. And then right below that, these are two different people who are talking about a hundred thousand dollars to invest. This is, does everybody Great. have a hundred thousand dollars just to is... do something with on here? <laughs> is this the club? <laughs> it's funny. Like I, I was saying last night, we taught our class, true financial freedom at our church. And I, somebody at the end said, I have a hundred thousand dollars in savings, which I do with it. So anyway, Coming back to this, that's awesome. Being gifted hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, debt free except for mortgage. Mortgage is 115. That's great. I mean, you're gonna get that thing paid off soon. So we love having a paid off mortgage. Like I love that. But I yeah, I'm I'm gonna just give you both sides because it's easy for me to say, yes, just have a paid off mortgage because it's great. My accountant, and you've probably heard me say this, but my, my accountant didn't like when we paid off our mortgage early. That was a bad idea. And he's sitting there with his calculator, like doing all this stuff. He's like, you could be saving this much and you could be investing this in S&P 500 and earning more, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't care about that. We sleep better at night knowing that the bank doesn't own our house and that we do. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't care about that. I'm willing to take that opportunity cost for knowing that we own our home. So that's been really, really powerful and valuable to us. And I, I like that. That said, with inflation, it's even more incentive to not pay off your mortgage early if you have a fixed rate mortgage. Because the bank, when they lend you that money, you know, your mortgage at whatever, three, four, 5% or whatever it is, they're the ones who are taking the hit with inflation right now. And so, you know, you could make, like there are a lot of solid arguments for not paying off your mortgage right now early because of that. That's just an additional reason to not do it early. But ultimately, it comes down to what's most important to you. Mm -hmm. um, now, what I would not do for sure is take all $100,000 and just you know throw it at your mortgage so you're only left with a $15,000 balance because that was something that I never thought about. But when we were trying to pay off our mortgage, you know, we're building up savings so we can do that. And it becomes this like balancing act of 
I want to pay it off as soon as possible, but I also don't want to burn through every dollar of savings that I have to do it. You know, like you don't want to be in a position where you pay it off with every last penny pulled out from the couch cushions and then you have nothing in savings and then something happens the next week and you're like, oh man, I got to go swipe a credit card or whatever, you know, just to take care of this little problem that came up. So my suggestion would be, however you do it, definitely don't throw $100,000 just at that mortgage. Keep some in savings, have some in savings, you know, and I don't think it's a bad idea at all to, yeah, to start investing in the stock market with some of that or some of these bonds that we were talking about, just some stuff to kind of keep pace with all this. And yeah, and you're welcome to join our 10X investing course. Like we go into all this and it's super simple. We make it as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. And I give you one to go in that. So to the next question, Greg and Shannon, if you had $100,000 to invest, where would you put it? So I will answer where I would put it, but if our situations are different, it might not make sense for you guys. For me right now, if I had $100,000 in our situation, like I don't need it for anything. It's in, if I, if I lost it, my, my livelihood is not whatever. We're going to be fine. I'm not, we're still going to be retire or whatever, all that stuff. For me, I would probably break out 10% of it and move it into crypto. And I would probably break out 50% of it and put into real estate somehow. And if I couldn't find a place to buy for $50,000, which I don't really know, I would put it in Fundrise or some other crowdfunded thing. And then the other 50%, I'd probably put an S&P 500 index fund. Um, or sorry. So yeah, so one of those 50s is 40% and then 10% in crypto, probably Bitcoin, just for simplicity. So that's probably how I would break it out. Okay, curious guy, curious how you guys went from thinking about coming to Tennessee. Or wait, what about thinking of coming to Tennessee and then what people or circumstances orchestrated that? That's the first part of the question. Mm -hmm. So we had a friend who moved so we lived in St. Louis at the time, St. Louis, Missouri, and we had a friend who was in Springfield, Missouri, and he told us he was moving here. Honestly, I think it was the first time I had met this guy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, move to, move to Nashville, move to Franklin, Tennessee. Like, I'm moving there. It's drivable. You can always drive back. And I was like, I am not moving to Nashville, we Tennessee. We had never been here. I've never even been to Nashville. Like, it's just cowboy boots and... <laughs> You know, thank you very much for my country music award. Like, what am I going to do in Nashville? So, but he said, well, it's drivable. And I don't know why, but something in me went, huh, <laughs> that's it. That was as much curiosity as I had. So we decided to come visit for the weekend. That was it. We were like, let's just go visit for the weekend. So we did. And I had a friend, we had a friend who lived here. And so we got some advice on places to check out, little neighborhoods to check out and stuff. When I mean neighborhoods, I mean like city, like towns or whatever. And so we came to Franklin and we were like, oh man, Franklin is really, it's really great. It's something special. So we, we were like, you know, what if we did our sabbatical here? And so we did our sabbatical here. And before we left, we had moved, we or bought, we had a, bought house. a house. It went quick. It went super quick. Like we came home and I, I mean, I called my parents like halfway through and I was like, I just need you to know that we're like looking at houses and we're probably going to buy one here. And <laughs> See I don't you, know Mom. what just happened. And Lauren, I remember when we came back, we had <laughs> dinner with Lauren and Jeff and she was like, you guys are going to move there, aren't you? Like she just knew. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just like, it was calling Lauren's my sister for anybody who doesn't know. Yes. And she's worked with us for many years many seven years. eight ten years I don't yeah know. so yeah it's just it was kind of one of those things that just fell together and it was like before we knew it we were here so we came 
for the first time Mother's Day weekend in 2015. And we had moved completely by August 15th. <laughs> so it was like, whoa. And that was like the first, our first time ever being here. So it moved really fast. It was and just one we, of those things. It's like when you know that it's God, like, yeah, you know, and we just knew. And like it's we really funny be because there's a lot of people that we talk to. And yes, Lauren is the one with the bubble Taurus. Yes, there's a lot wondering. of people in Nashville that we talk to and we're like, so what you what brought you here? And they're like, God, I don't know the God. Like, I thought it was this and it's not this. And it, it's like a very similar story where. Yeah, I feel like God's just bringing a lot of people here, just moving people around, moving the, the body of Christ around for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. But OK, the second part of that question is also haven't finished the book yet but also what's the story of you guys meeting each other yeah so, so we can give you that story yeah so bob had his very first sabbatical when he okay. was okay so yeah so the story at the beginning of the book when i my car was broken down yeah. in florida that whole thing so god called me down there to florida for really the first sabbatical i didn't even know a sabbatical i just felt yeah. like he called me down because pre that point in my life i was i i what would you say i had one toe in the water with god that yeah. was it one toe in the water that was it like i had come to know the lord i had gone to an altar call but i was not living i was not living the life i was basically in high school getting drunk on saturday night going to church and falling asleep um, yeah. on the morning and so not really solid christian at all and so anyway at age 20 i felt like god called me to take a year off of college and to just go down to florida and just get away from my friends kind of break away from that mm -hmm. and um and ultimately it was to just get alone with him and yeah. to grow and to develop my relationship with him and it was an absolutely amazing time but where was so i saying all bob this comes so, comes back okay, from so I come back. Well, let me say this. So oh. I had been in our church for, at that point, five years or something. something. Linda and I both had been going to the same church for five years, did not Never know met. each other. Okay. And this was a miracle of God because again, her dad, her parents are so conservative, like the most we conservative Christian you will ever family. meet. And I was such a wild kid. And if... <laughs> If we would have met or if her dad would have met me, there's no way he would have ever let me date his daughter. So it was God that we didn't meet. But what's so funny is I came back from that sabbatical in March and we met, what, two and, weeks later? Yeah, like two weeks later, I was having a birthday party for a friend and I had invited all these people and someone, he had just met someone and they were like, yeah, I'm going to bring this guy. He just came back from Florida. His name's Bob. And I was like... Okay, so you're bringing some random guy to my house. That was the random. Named Bob. Like, his name is Bob. Isn't that funny? I'm like, who is Bob? What is, what? Who is 20 years old named Bob? That's really what I thought. <laughs> he is. And then I married him. Isn't that funny? So, so yeah, we met at this party, and then we became good friends afterwards. Became friends. We were friends for, like, what, two or three years? Yeah, we were friends. And then everybody was like, come on, when are you guys going to date? And we were like, no, no, no. We're not dating. We're just we're friends. Not. We're just friends. We did that for a long time until God kind of like hit me upside the head and say, that's the one. Get on it. Like, so we, we started dating. And then what, and six then months later, we were married? We were married within a year. Yeah. It was, within a year. Yeah. It was, it was fast. A year. So that's our story. And then we lived happily ever after. 
On the journey. On the journey. Right. Um, okay. What's next? Private student loan that doesn't refinance, doesn't fit refinance requirements. I don't know what this means. This is a question. Private loan best option. I don't know. So whatever this question is about private student loan, whatever, if there's a question here, throw it in the chat so I can see it a little better. I'm having a hard time understanding that. All right, would you pay off student loans early to pay the minimum and put that elsewhere? Yeah, like there's so much. I keep I get asked this question a lot because people are like, should I keep paying on my student loans if the government's gonna just and you know, I just kind of think, yeah, keep paying on them. And because like at the end of the day, like I think you have to realize, and this isn't exactly this question, but I'm gonna just veer over here for a second, that God sees everything and he's watching everything. And so I think he's gonna honor those of us, you know, and we don't have student loans anymore, but for people who do have student loans, I think he's gonna honor the fact that you are trying to pay what you owe. And so even if two years later, whatever, Biden cancels them all and you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have been paying on it, whatever. I think God's going to honor that. And so. But if he is going to continue paying those. Yeah. So in this place, coming back to this question for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a tricky thing. Like all of this. And I, and I hate saying this. How old are you, Andrew? You seem very young. 24. You are young. A little youngster. So I'm glad you're on here. I'm glad that you got the book too. Uh, yeah. Bob honestly wrote this book for himself. Yeah, pretty much your age. 25. So hopefully, hopefully it resonates with you. But yeah. yeah, it depends on what's most important to you. Like, and I talk about this uh, a lot, but I started investing at your age, and I'm really glad that I did. I could have waited until we paid off all of our debt before I did, but had I done that, uh, let me say this way your financial, your investing education doesn't really begin until you put money in, until you put skin in the game. You know, like once you actually have money in an investment and you are watching it go down or you're watching it go up or you're losing money or whatever, like that's when you really start learning. And you can read a dozen books and that's not a bad idea, but you really learn stuff when you have money involved. And so I'm glad that my investing education started so early and I didn't wait till whatever, I was 28 or whenever we got the rest of our debt paid off. So, for me, what I would do and what is what I did is which I would do both. Like I would start investing some money just to start learning, learning how to play the game, learning how to grow money. It's such an important skill, like particularly if, you know, you do feel a calling to, you know, like we did to be able to give a significant amount or be able to impact the kingdom on a mm -hmm. larger scale with more zeros, you know, and this is an important thing to learn. So, so I would get started. You know, but I, at the same time, like I wouldn't put all my financial energy towards that. I would keep working towards paying off those student loans and I forgot and it's moved around. Yeah. And in the house, buying a house or right paying off the house or whatever. It keeps moving on me. I know. Hold on. Is there, is, hopefully that answered. Okay. We've, we missed this one. Show me. How do you teach your kids financially and biblically? So, I'm still trying to figure this out because we have, we have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Our eight-year-old, what's been fascinating to me is that I don't feel like we've done that great of a job teaching our eight-year-old about giving, about generosity. Like and we've done some, but I, mean, I, I don't feel like we've done that much. And yet he's really catching he's it. He's really generous. Yeah. And I mean, like I remember when he was five, maybe four or five, 
we were going somewhere and he was like, yeah, I want to bring these people presents. And I knew that they weren't going to bring, I think it was Christmas. And I knew that they weren't going to give him presents. But instead of saying, well, no, we're not doing presents. I just said, okay, yeah, let's do presents. Yeah, let's give those people presents. So I think part of it was something that was not even another thought for me. It was like, yeah, that that's just what we do. You want to do presents? We're, we're giving them presents. And so not shutting that down, but also it is really fascinating because like, at church, they, they let the kids come up and pray over the offering. And they said that he prays every single time over the offering. But what's funny is that I don't think he's ever given a dime into the offering bucket. <laughs> he has. He has just recently. But it is, it's funny that he's like still has this like the heart. He understands the heart of what it's for, even though he doesn't. And I don't. He's not necessarily computing how to give quite yet. Does yeah, that make we sense? Because he's still young. But I think the thing that my point is saying all this is that we haven't, I don't feel like we've taught him that much, but yet he's the one who's running up to the mic wanting to pray over the offering. Yeah. So I think what it comes down to is parents, it's like, we just need to be living it out. Yeah. Like that's caught. what needs to happen. Like we need to be living it taught. out because they're watching what we're doing. They're watching yeah. how we're behaving. And, and we I all would, know this. And I would add yeah. that, like add to that is that look for opportunities to, and this is what we're doing. We're looking for opportunities to talk about things, our own personal finances, our own giving, our own whatever, not like the super intimate details that they might not be ready to handle, but we're intentionally having some of these conversations in front of them so they can hear it and so that they can be catching some of what's going on. Yeah. So I think that's one of the most important things. I mean, besides that, like there's a couple books that we're reading. None that I'm particularly like, I think this is a great book yet, mm -hmm. but yeah, just continue to have some of those conversations and we'll get more intentional about this over the next couple of years with our eight year old. Is it really, is he's really starting to earn more money and stuff like that. But cause yeah, I mean, the other day he wanted, he really wanted something and he was like, I need another costume. And I was like, you do not need another costume. They were having costume day at school. He's like, no, I have to have it. And I was like, dude, I am not buying you another costume. And then I thought, if you really want something, how do you get it? You have to earn the money to get it. So I told him, I'll give you opportunities to earn money. If you really want to buy yourself another costume, but you're going to have to earn the money. And it's going to be hard work. And if you are motivated enough, then you'll do the work to get it. And so he did. He earned the money. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. And then he, yeah, he spent it foolishly. And I was like, whatever, but whatever. It's like, it was his choice to figure out how to spend this money. Yeah. 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 So that's, that was one of the things we did. Okay. Okay. Oh, you don't have Nothing to answer there. the question if it's not relevant and if time is running out. But you mentioned a love of fish tacos multiple times. Which restaurant makes the best version? That's a great question. Well, oh, Josh. Okay, so Josh also said that he lives in the borough, which is Murfreesboro, I think. Hilarious. I think Mojo's fish taco is really good. I think Bar Taco is really good. Mm. I think Moss Tacos They're fish is tacos? really good. Who? Moss Tacos is fish tacos? I'm pretty sure. I think Bar Taco is probably my favorite. What was that one on 30A? I have fish no out idea. of water? Oh, fish out of water. Well, well, good, we, right? that, yeah, that was good because it was gluten free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is a little bit it's tough. Hard to find. I haven't been to Chewy's. Chewy's, we haven't been there. All right. So I still don't understand this question, Carol. Private student loan doesn't fit. Okay. 
Do we, do you want to talk, Carol? Yeah, Carol, help me understand this as a question. Can that would help mute, me a little bit can more. You unmute yourself? Like I got the, and if you don't want to talk, that's fine. You can just put it in there. It doesn't matter to me. What giving experience has brought you the most joy? That is a good question. Carol, do you open up? Yes. Uh -huh. Fire away. Okay. It was initially taken out, <clears throat> excuse me, when my son was physically ill and it's a high school loan. It really should not have been done the way Navian did it. They have categorized it as a career retraining loan. And so a lot of the refinance options I've looked into, they have certain requirements, like is the student still in school, is this and that, yeah. and it doesn't fit into any of those. It's the same loan, and I owe more on it now than when I borrowed it, and we've already paid all that money on it. Wow. So, okay, so you're saying that you can't refinance it or you haven't found an option to refinance it, correct? Not as a student loan, which I think those rates are lower than if it was just a regular private loan for other reasons. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I honestly, like, I just, I don't know that much about that world. Yeah, I, th this is the thing that's so frustrating to me. Like, I feel like it is so offensive that you can pay a debt for years and that it, would be yeah you'd owe awful. more like like they this was years ago but they made some enacted some laws and regulations to make that really difficult with credit cards because when we first got married linda had that same situation with the credit card yeah. where i was I blown it was like away 25 percent or something it was really high percentage rate she was paying the minimums and the balance was going up from month to month and i'm like this is this should be illegal and anyway this is the same situation what you're dealing with so ultimately i think this is just a like we need God to show up yeah, in this can situation. We just pray? You yeah. guys all want to pray yeah. for Carol pray? over this? Yeah. Um, God, this is ridiculous. And we don't want to see this happen to your people anymore. Like you have plans for that money and it is not to just be paid in interest. So God, we just ask for you to swoop in and do what only you can do and take care of this debt. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know all the situ you know, all the details to Carol's situation, but God, we just pray yeah. that you would get rid of this in Jesus' name. Yeah. Um, we pray that it would be a win-win situation, that it's not like we're trying to shortchange anybody, but God, this is something that we don't that she doesn't know how to get out of, and we don't even know honestly know how to tell her to do it. But yeah. we do have you and you know how to do it. So we just pray that this loan would be gone quickly in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody else has any ideas, like throw them in the chat. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any ideas, but God does. And so that's why we're going to him with this. Yeah. All right. Do you want Thank to you, everyone. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Oh, the, did we talk about our giving experience? Yeah. What, what giving experience has brought us the most joy? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I think maybe for me are the ones where... Okay, so I, I had this I had this thing. I had saved up to buy kind of a nice purse, all right? <laughs> this is starting out really shallow, but trust me, I'm going somewhere with it. So I had saved up this money to buy a, a nice purse. I, I had in mind kind of what I wanted, but I was looking around and I couldn't, it was like, I couldn't decide. And I honestly, I got into that mode where I was just like obsessing over buying this purse. And I was like, God, what do I do? I was like praying, God, which one, which one is it? Which one should I get? You know? And, but what was happening is it was all about me. And I felt like God took that and he said, let me ask you a question. And he pointed out someone and he said, do you think that they have a purse that, that that's that nice? And I was like, no. 
And he goes, okay, you need to go f help them find a purse. And it was like, it was that I was like, so this was one of those conversations that I came home and I was like, Bob, I think I'm supposed to go buy this person a purse and like go shopping with them for it and help them find their perfect purse and the wallet to match and the whole kit and caboodle. Bob was like, okay, let's look and see how much money's in there. And so we went out and bought it. And it was really funny because all of a sudden I didn't care so much about my purse anymore. And I, for me, it was this, it was this moment of you can like I had saved the money like it wasn't like I was, you know, trying to find this money from wrong places to buy this thing that I wanted. It was just that I was so focused on myself that God took my focus, put it on someone else. And, sh and then he was able to like say, hey, do you think maybe this is not something that actually matters as much as you think it does? Do you think that maybe you're putting more attention towards this than you are to seeing the needs of other people. And yeah. it really changed my heart. So for me, like I've had a couple of moments like that where I've been kind of obsessive on, on something and fixated on something. And he's gone, hey, let's go look at that person and see how you can bless them instead. And it's really helped me. Yeah, It's gotten rid of a lot of selfishness in my life. So I don't, uh, we talk about, I think I talked to the story in true financial freedom a little bit, but um, yeah, there's a lot of stories. You know, the one with Lauren was always a memorable one. Mm -hmm. That's one that's always meant a lot to me or meant a lot to me. But my cousin had, I don't know why this one just meant so much to me. My cousin uh, lost his wife to cancer at a young age and I don't know what happened, how the finances worked or whatever. It's somehow he ended up well, being- Well, she had, I think she was doing a lot of experimental I know, treatment. but somehow he got strapped with a lot of the debt. And so he loses his wife at a young age, and then he's strapped with tons and tons of debt. And Like a lot. And I remember- Hundreds of thousands. In this, and me finding this out, and I felt like God was like, I want you to write a check. And, and I think it was probably the biggest check we'd ever written. And, and we ended up giving it to him anonymously. And I still, I think that's why you like it is because you didn't get to see his reaction. And I, I want to see it. I want to give to heaven. <laughs> I want to see the replay of his face. And, and, you know, and hopefully it doesn't come across weird. It's not like, it's just that I want to see that moment where he experienced. Some, hopefully the love of the God. slightest hint of wow. God is coming through for me yeah. here, you know, and I, I would love to find out that he had prayed, you know, right before that. And I just would love to see how God kind of pulled all the pieces together. And I don't have a full picture of it yet. And I'm really excited to see that, but that's just one that I think about a lot, you know, and part of it's cause I don't, I don't have the full picture, you know, but yeah. I have enough to know that we did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll go for 20 more minutes if you guys want. I mean, you guys can leave too. I mean, I know a lot of you have taken off or not you, you guys are all still here, but, but anyway, we're just happy to chat and we'll go for another 20 minutes and then we probably need to go right for bed. But all right, let's address Greg and Shannon's question. Do you want to answer that? How do you keep your time with the Lord a priority with all the things you have going on? What do you do for your quiet time? Great question. And, Be really honest. There's sometimes where I don't make it a priority and then it's a mistake and I can see the fruit of that in my life. <laughs> I can see when I'm like, 
and not that I'm not not that I'm trying to be like, oh, well, it's just not a priority. It's just that there's literally three other humans screaming at me and that make it really difficult, right? Lauren knows what I'm talking about. I know I'm seeing like Craig and Shannon know what I'm talking about, where it's just been like, I, I can't, I cannot finish a thought in my head, much less have, much less have time for the Lord. And then I, I, it, you know, the day's over and what I should do is crack my Bible open. But instead what I do is just lay down and go to sleep <laughs> or watch a yeah. show or, you know, something. So I have to admit that it is not always a priority, but We've had some good rhythms over the years. So like yes. part of when we started writing the book, like God calls us to start praying at 6 a.m. every morning. So we pray for an hour at 6 a.m. Yeah. And we did that and for what, a we year? We were not those people previously. <laughs> we were like, 6 a.m., you got to be kidding me. Well, we tried to do it for a week. We're like, we'll see if we can make it an entire week yeah. and do this. I didn't even think we'd make it that a was, week. That was a big sacrifice. And then we did a week. And as his grace was there to help us yeah. do it. And then we did and it a month and we going. just kept going. And mm -hmm. we so we ended up doing it for like over a year. And it was a great yeah, rhythm. And, and really and fruitful. Yeah. And the season changed. I forgot what. We had a baby. I don't even know what. But like something changed or it's like whole life changed. And so we had to readjust. And Yeah. We had a baby. That's exactly what it was. And so. We did it up until then. So yeah. So yeah. We've just tried to adapt and adjust. For me, my mornings involve my current rhythm involves going to lifetime fitness which has a really nice cafe and then i go there read my bible spend the time to and from praying and prayer and read my bible and start writing for the day whatever i'm gonna write and this has been a really good rhythm for me i but. do not have a rhythm but i think it was uh smith wigglesworth maybe maybe you guys know this who said I never pray for more than 30 minutes, but I never go more than 30 minutes without praying. And so I'm kind of trying to adapt or adopt that into my life because I feel like with the little kids, I mean, we're potty training and, and I'm honestly not even really working that much right now because we, we don't have as much help as we would like with the kids, but I'm doing anything I can. Like this morning, I I drove the kids somewhere and I listened to Reinhard Bonnke, Reinhard Bonnke message while <laughs> the kids were in the backseat watching a show. And that was how I got my time because yeah, it's just hard to find sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes there's a rhythm and that's really sweet and really great when I can find that. I can't always find that. I wish I could. So yeah. Yeah. But my my best time with the Lord is in the car by myself, listening to worship music. That's just my best time. So, Randy, thank you for that. Randy says you two minister to all of us. Are there ways we could bless you in return besides all the books we are buying and giving away? <laughs> so, yeah, that's a big part. I appreciate that, Randy. But, I mean, I think just praying for us, like we... Yeah, like we just want to do what God has for us to do and yeah. take that as far as he wants to go with it. And yeah, it really has felt like the last few years, there's just a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of resistance yeah. and it's, it's just been really challenging. And I think the way that I know that it's spiritually challenging is because it doesn't make any logical sense. Because I can look at the situation, right. it's like that shouldn't be that difficult. But it like was- Like coming up with a title. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like all this stuff months. where it's like-, it's like one thing after another after another like that and and now that the book's out like that's part of it but there's new obstacles now in mm -hmm. terms of 
you know, now we're kind of on the promotion side and really that's like, we're going to spend the rest of the year getting on as many podcasts as we can and, you know, doing as many radio shows or flying to Orlando and doing some TV show thing. So we're, we're going to do everything we can do to kind of promote it, but there's other obstacles that are coming up and, you know, we just really, yeah, like God put this message on our heart. There's something here and we just want to get it out to as many people as we possibly can, whatever that means, yeah. you know? I mean, also for me, I'm thinking like, the purpose behind the book for me, I mean, I think we both have different things that were highlighted to each of us, but for me, the purpose was like giving was a huge piece of it. But I think even further than that is getting Christians in their place in the body of Christ. So to not where they're trying to do some, the work of another yeah. <laughs> member, yeah. but they're actually doing their own work. And I think that's part of the finding your calling thing and just being able to have the money to push you forward in what God's calling you to do. You know what I mean? And I think really just praying that this book does that, like that, that would be an answer to prayer. That if, if, the, if people could get in their spot, I was just listening to Reinhard this morning and he said, he said, it's funny. He thinks it's funny when people see one person of the body of Christ exalted above another. And he said, my arm is above my leg, but my arm is not more important than my leg. And he said, it has nothing to do with position. It has everything to do with function. And I was yeah. like, man, that was like good. such a powerful quote to me where it's like, it, it's the function. Like if we are functioning how God created us to function, right? And we're in the right spot and we're doing the things that he has for us, then what, what does the world look like if that's what the body of Christ is doing? So, you know, I, I think we went through the door of finance in this, but that that is what I'm praying. So if you guys want to agree in prayer with us about that. Right. But also Helen Mary says, we'd be privileged to pray for you and glad to know about how to do that specifically. We actually have a prayer team that's on your heart. We have people that we send out more regular yeah, we send out an email probably emails. about once a month to a prayer team with just prayer points and, and things of just like what's going on. So how do they get if they want so, to get on that? Yeah, just send a message to Lauren or you can type in the chat and she'll get you added to that. Yeah, if you guys are interested. But no, we really appreciate it. Like, cause we've yeah we've had a handful of people over the years who yeah they've just really caught the vision and wanted to stand with mm -hmm. us in prayer and like. You know, and, and seeing beyond that this isn't about Bob and Linda, like this is about the kin kingdom. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like you're talking about with the position on the body. It's like, I, I'm i an introvert. Like for many years, I wanted seed time to not have my face anywhere on it. Like I wanted to hide behind, you know, that was what I was trying to do. And God's like, no, I want you talking about this stuff. I want you, your face on camera and stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that, but like, I will obey and I'll do what he's called me to do. Right. But at the end of the day, yeah, like we just want to see his kingdom advanced. And the truth is that so much of the church doesn't realize that their financial situation, it matters mm -hmm. and that it's a part of this whole equation, yeah. you know, and the, the quote, what quote we have in the book is this whole idea of money amplifies, you know, it's an opportunity for that. And Mother Teresa, you know, even though she took a vow of poverty and whatever, all this stuff, like when she had an influx of cash come in, which she did have a whole lot she was able to help far more people. Like, right. so 
So it's important. You know what I mean? Like it can be used for good. And you guys all know that. But yeah, but I but mean, anyway. think about that. It's like when when we're ready to give and we see Mother Teresa needs more money to help whatever orphanage, we're we're ready to give. We're like, yeah, that's it. I'm here. Let's go. And then yep. we can just send that money because she's the one that's called to be there doing the work. You know what I mean? So it's like there are people that are activated that are doing the work and they just need the finance to fund the thing. Yeah. And so like you keep talking about Reinhard Bonnke. So for anybody who doesn't know, Reinhard had over 80 million. Uh, do you guys million, know him? 80 million documented no. salvations oh, in man. Africa. Like this is more than 10 times more than the estimates for Billy Graham. And yet so many people don't even know who he is. So his name, he's German. And then he has a ministry to Africa, R-E-I-N-H-A-R-D. It's his first name, Reinhard Bonnke, B-O-N-N-K-E. Yeah. And he's, he's just, and he, he, he died a couple years fire. ago. <laughs> yeah, he died a couple just, years ago. But, but anyway, point is, is that this dude was winning souls like a machine all throughout Africa. Mm -hmm. And, and we were giving to his ministry for so long and it's like, you know, I viewed that as a fantastic investment. It's like Proverbs says, he who wins souls is wise. And yeah. it's like, I can take my hard earned money, put it in his ministry and I'm mm -hmm. winning souls. And, and so anyway, so that's like the type of stuff that I'm looking for, you know, so that's one, but then, you know, personal things in our world, you know? Yeah. So anyway, all right, y'all. Well, thank you all for wanting to kind of join us on the prayer team. We really appreciate that. And yeah. And it's like, and don't be a stranger, like our prayer team, like we'll send out notes, but we view this as a two-way street. So Happy. as we send out these emails, like, let us know what's going on with you. You know, we want to stand mm -hmm. in prayer for you. Like we're praying for all of you. You guys are yeah. all, already if you're, on our Even if you're list. not on our prayer list. Yeah. Like send us messages, send us emails or whatever. We're, we're happy to stand in faith for you for anything. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. what we're here for. Right? Like that's what our we're job is as Christians. Yep to stand with each other. Yep. So anyway, so thank, thank you, you so all much. again for pre-ordering, for being part of this whole thing for know, us, man. for hanging out tonight. Yeah, we really appreciate you more than you know. And yeah, we're excited to be locking arm in arm with you guys on this yeah. whole thing and excited to see what God does, what he's up to. So anyway, we'll all call it a night for tonight yeah. and we'll chat soon. God bless you Sound guys. Sound good? All right, Bye. see you everybody. Take care. Good night. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.